You're listening to the One Small Bite Podcast with me, your host, David Roscoe. For over a decade, I have built a successful nutrition practice helping thousands of people thrive, nourish their life, and break the cycle of crazy diets. We will take one small bite at a time to transform your health and develop a positive relationship to food. So let's chop the diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Okay, are you ready? Let's do this. Hola, hola. Welcome, everybody, to the One Small Bite Podcast. It's me again, David Orozco, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and certified intuitive eating counselor. Hey, did you uh, know about my practice? It's called Orozco Nutrition. Check out our website, OrozcoNutrition.com. We have some great resources for you there. We've got programs. We've got courses. We've got this group. I'll tell you all about that at the end. We also have one-on-one nutrition counseling, and we also focus on these five main health areas. Eating, of course, movement, sleep, hygiene, and connection. So that means that we look at the way people live, not just what specifically they eat, because eating doesn't occur in a bubble. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you eat in isolation or alone or without things like your job, your family, people around you. There are lots of life circumstances that are going on when we eat, while we eat. Therefore, we help people build a positive relationship to food and their body. And today, folks, We're going to talk just about that. Five ways curiosity improves your relationship with food and your body. All right, let's get started. Let's talk a little bit about what curiosity is. Well, I mean, you can look it up, obviously. It's not a hard word to look up. When you look it up, you'll probably see things like it involves wonder. It helps us make that sound, hmm, curiosity kind of sound. It's the desire to take in new knowledge, information, and experiences so that we can learn and therefore grow. I remember this saying my wife told me one day when we were talking about my business and things that I had to change and pivot, especially around the pandemic. And she said, you know, David, a snake, a crab has to molt. It has to get out of its old skin and go into a new skin. And that hurts. That's difficult. I'm sure we don't know what it feels like. Nobody molts. No human does that. But when she said that, I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Curiosity heads us towards the very thing that we may actually be fearing, which is helpful. Because the only way you get out of what you fear is you head towards it and you move through. Okay. Let's look at the five ways curiosity will improve your relationship with food and your body. Number one, food is key for survival. And curiosity, interestingly, is a way to increase survival. This is where I think of Darwin's quote about survival. He states, and I quote, 
It's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent. It's the one most adaptable to change. Do you hear that, folks? Adaptable to change. Curiosity is what's going to help us head towards that survival. Because if we are curious, we're going to be able to do and make small changes with the way we eat, with our relationship with food, with the diet culture feeding us garbage about how we have to lose weight in order to be healthy. Survival allows for experimentation and exploration. And it's hard. Think about the people that went to the moon or circumvented the globe in the 16-1500s, or who discovered a new world. Now, we can talk about the colonization of the world, but aside from that, curiosity helped us grow. It helped us find food. It helped us with learning how to create agriculture in a way that provides food for a lot of people. Again, we can argue that point about mass agricultural trends and what that may be doing to the environment, but that too is a curiosity, right? All right, I digress. (laughs) It's the urge to explore and seek novelty. And I love that, that seeking of novelty, because that's that need to survive but it also is a great sense of accomplishment. This makes me think of number two, which is curiosity helps us manage stress and lower anxiety. Curious people generally tend to be happier. In fact, there are some studies that show that curious people tend to be less stressed and have a more positive attitude towards life. They have healthier outcomes. This is where I think about the blue zones. This is populations around the world that have the greatest number of centenarians in that population. People that live to close to 100 or over 100 and have relatively low health consequences or problems like dementia or Alzheimer's or diabetes or arthritis. And they live a very high quality of life. Again, I've mentioned some of these places, Costa Rica, Loma Linda, or in California. There are over 70,000 people in the United States that live to 100 or older. There are people in Okinawa, Japan, in Sardinia, Italy, and in Greece. So there are several areas, and one of the things that's very common is that they have this very positive outlook in life. They're always curious. They're always looking at that purpose in life. In relationship to food, I think of experience. A lot of people don't realize that when you're eating, you're not just filling yourself with the food. You're also filling yourself with the experience. I remember growing up eating arepas. My mother would make Colombian arepas. She would make these corn pancakes, which are very typical in Colombia and Venezuela. And they're relatively thick. And you sort of grill them on this little tray on top of the stove. And then you add some butter on top of them. They have little char marks. And you add a little butter on top of that. 
and you kind of poke holes in it so the butter goes inside the corn pancake. And then you put this white cheese, it's called queso blanco. And then you would put a fried egg on top of that. And then, oh, you would cut into that and you'd have that with a, a cup of hot chocolate. Now, this next thing might sound a little funny or gross to some people, but we would cut up that white cheese, that queso blanco, and we'd actually put it into the hot chocolate. Oh, it was so good. I'm sure it was a little too much saturated fat, but gosh, I remember eating that growing up and just really enjoying it. When I make it for my daughter and for my wife, it's the same feeling. It's like nostalgia. It comes rushing right back, and I just, mmm, I love it. I savor the food. My mouth is watering just talking about this and describing it. You can see or hear that food. It fills my heart. That is what is important. So when we say cut off the fat or don't eat fried food or collars are, are bad for us because it has fat back or fried okra is not healthy or fried chicken is not healthy, well, we're also dismantling our culture. And this is detrimental to our health. This is what diet culture has been saying for I don't know how many years. In my experience, stress is a much greater predictor of someone's illness than it, the food that we're eating. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of saturated fat and you throw stress on top of that on a daily basis. I'm sure it's gonna clog up arteries, but is it just the saturated fat? I don't think so. All right, I digress a little bit there, my apologies. Another thing that I like about curiosity in managing stress are new recipes. I'm always curious about new recipes. Well, that also means that, of course, I've got to cook. This can be stressful in itself. I know a lot of people, especially people that live alone, they don't want to cook. And I totally understand that because, well, eating is social and being around other people means that you uh, reduce that stress to some extent. Therefore, cooking could represent eating alone uh, not necessarily. I like entertaining. I love having people over, and maybe it's a good opportunity to try a new recipe. You don't have to cook yourself. You could also do a potluck, for example. You see how this starts changing your relationship to food? Hmm, curiosity, wonder, leads to maybe learning how to cook. And learning how to cook, I'm going to get back to that in a minute when I talk about the other ways curiosity improves our relationship with food in our body. Let's move to number three, which is participation and enjoyment with oneself. What does that mean, David? <laughs> it means simply that when we are more curious about and interested in what we are doing, it's easier to get involved, put effort in, and do well. So let's go back to cooking. I think of the movie Hitch with Will Smith. There's the scene where he's really smitten for this girl. And interestingly, he's the matchmaker. So he tries to be all cool and debonair and takes her to this cooking class. Cooking classes is a great place to meet someone. 
to probably really engage in something that is both fun and a little scary and do it with somebody. And that that's so good because you really get to know someone in those ways, right? I love that. Now, if you remember the movie, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, by the way, Will Smith and or his character Hitch ends up eating fish and he has an allergy to fish and <laughs> his face all bubbles up and he has to drink Benadryl. It's hilarious. You got to see the show. I'm, I'm really not killing it that much. I think the other thing about participation is that we are really looking for that sense of accomplishment, that sense of achievement. Curiosity guides us towards that. And I, I love that. It's the same thing with cooking. <laughs> I know, I'm dwelling so much on cooking, but I think it's so beautiful because, you know, when you cook something and it tastes really good and you get those, mmm, or hey, this was good, or everybody cleans their plate, that, that feels good. It gets that sense of accomplishment, right? It goes back to that stress management and how curious people are happier in, in general. It's a positive outlook on life. It's a positive relationship to food and your body. Curiosity also allows you to be more interoceptively aware. What does that mean? That means that you are aware of what your body is needing and wanting. Early in the morning, getting some movement or maybe working out in the afternoon. Paying attention to the tiredness or maybe the irritation or the lack of focus and how that may be signaling that you need to refuel yourself, have a meal or slow down, maybe have a nap or taking it easy. All of this is so important, right? And this is participation. Participation means getting involved with yourself. Curiosity helps you pay attention to you. It helps you slow down. There's also something that's very interesting. When we start finding that attunement to our body, when we are able to recognize those signals, oh my gosh, it is so liberating. I have people tell me that every single time where they pay attention to their body's needs and they end up listening to how the food really feels and they don't really need more. And they come back to me and they say, David, this was so liberating. I felt like the food was not my enemy. The food wasn't something that I had to devour. Again, building that positive relationship with food and your body. You know that dual combination there. Let's move into number four. I kind of mentioned it a little bit, and that is slowing down. Curiosity has to allow you to slow down, to pay attention to something different. I kind of make the analogy of a horse race. If you ever see a horse race, now, of course, we can debate the merits and the morality of the horses and what they do to them, but let's put that to the side. I'm just looking at this from the analogy's perspective, so please, no hate email here. <laughs> well, when we look at horse races, one of the things that you might notice on the equipment of the horse aside from the saddle and all that, is that the horses have blinders on. The idea is if the horses get distracted, they may not run fast enough. 
They need them not to get distracted, so they put those blinders on their eyes. So the only thing that they're seeing is straight ahead, and that is win the race. That's what happens in our lives. We go, 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 go. We're on autopilot, and we are nonstop from the moment we get up in the morning. And this tends to blind us. And what happens is that autopilot often creates a situation where we don't even pay attention to our bodies. I think of Meredith in this situation. I write about her in my book, One Small Bite, Anti-Diet Stories That Help You Build a Positive Relationship to Food. And I think about how she was such a go-getter. She was on it. She was in a great career, making really good money. She had a beautiful home, building a lake house, three beautiful kids, but her life was in shambles. Her marriage was falling apart. One of her kids were ha- was having problems at school. They were not doing really well, and she was just go, go, go all day long. With her, slowing down in the morning especially was very helpful for her. It was the one small thing that we did that really helped her improve her relationship to herself to start paying attention to what she needed and what she wanted and where she needed to go. That slowing down is just one example of many people that I work with. The idea of paying attention to your body, again, that interoceptive awareness. In order to build a positive relationship to food and your body, how can we do it when we're not aware of what our body is needing and wanting? I mentioned this next part about slowing down in the previous three episodes on breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You might have heard it. And I talk about how each meal is an opportunity to slow you down. I talk about how people skip breakfast or they skip lunch. And that's a perfect example of what I call the Elon Musk phenomenon, where we're working 80 hours plus a week to try to make it, I don't know, because working hard, hustle culture, grind culture, that's the new keeping up with the Joneses. It's the new status symbol. It's a new way of saying, oh, if that guy's busy, then he must be important. And all it's really doing is just making my life shambles, difficult. Interestingly, that actually decreases longevity. Hmm, interesting, right? Therefore, meals are a great opportunity to slow down. There we go. A better, more positive relationship to food and your body. Giving your body those five self-care basic needs that we need every single day. Eating, sleeping, movement, hygiene, and connection. Eating is one of those ways that we give our body the basic self-care needs. Okay, let's move into number five. I like this one a lot. Number five is about helping others and empathy. Curiosity allows us to look at purpose in life. It gives us a need to be connected to individuals and helping others. Look, when we are helping other people, it eventually helps us. These people provide a tax base, fundamentally speaking. And so a healthy tax base provides greater services. And those greater services 
you see how it just can really snowball, right? So we help our fellow person, our fellow brother, sister, neighbor, because it's important. That's what curiosity is about. What can I do? How can I help others? Making a meal at a soup kitchen or maybe helping out in the food bank or volunteering at your church or doing some type of philanthropic fundraising or work. So fulfilling, right? It gives back. Hmm, I'm curious. How do I feel better in the morning? If I'm so selfish and self-absorbed and thinking only about myself and how I can get ahead in life and not paying attention to how we are not alone in this world, it goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. You remember that? Where he talks about the basics, right? Food, safety, shelter, water. This is not going to happen individually. If you ever saw the show Alone, I talked about this a few episodes ago, the show Alone on the History Channel, which is now on Netflix, one of the single greatest reasons why people don't end up staying in wherever that isolated area is, yes, they're starving, but it's also because they're alone. We are social creatures, and that's so important. Okay, let's recap. So the five ways curiosity will improve your relationship with food and body. One, it is key to survival. Two, it helps you manage stress and anxiety. Three, you are participating and enjoying yourself. Four, you're slowing down. And number five, you are helping others and building empathy. This is, again, the other reason why we developed our new community at Orozco Nutrition. Go to our website, orozconutrition.com forward slash community, so you can see all of the different benefits of being part of this community. This community will launch on October 4th, and I only have 10 spots available. It is a good low price. It's $47 a month or $470 for the annual plan, which gives you two free months free. When you sign up, you automatically get two weeks free. So you can try it out. There you'll find a community where you have a platform aside or away from social media. You'll have weekly discussion boards. You have self-care topics. We have resources. We'll have Ask a Dietitian Anything sessions once a week. This is also that group support that we can get. And look, you can participate at any level. You do not have to be in those sessions every single week. But the best part of the community is that you get to network and build relationships with other people that share those lived experiences. Because folks, I know I haven't lived a lot of the same experiences that my clients have. So there's that peer support and that peer learning. Sign up quickly before that rate goes up because after January 1st, the price will go up for the community. So lock in on that low price, get into that cohort there. We will be opening it up again in January. So hurry up and sign up soon. 
One last thing. Today's show is brought to you by my book, One Small Bite: Anti-Diet Stories That Help You Build a Positive Relationship to Food. You heard me talk about Meredith. I have a lot of examples of heroes and sheroes and their experiences with small changes, incremental changes that led to a transformation that helped them build that positive relationship to food and eating. You can get the book from our website or on Amazon. You can go to oroscoenutrition.com/book or you could just go on Amazon and purchase it there. By the way, If you do purchase it, I'd love for you to leave me a review on Amazon. Those reviews really help us get that book out to more people. And let me know what you think. You are more than welcome to email me, info at oroscoenutrition.com. Or if you get a moment, I'd love for you to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. That really helps us get the show out to more people and help more people that really need these kinds of of information or this kind of information. <laughs> okay folks, I greatly appreciate you for listening in. I really appreciate the time that you take and uh, putting up with my nonsense here and there. <laughs> okay folks, remember, lastly, chop that diet mentality, feel your body and nourish your soul. Until next time, ciao. Oh yeah.